Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. It's a Pickles version of TMI as we're live from Pickles Pub. Gets crazy yeah. here, Kemp. TMI it's hopping. Pickles TMI. Yeah, it is. 3 o'clock on a Wednesday? Yeah. Four, they, well, it's a doubleheader Wednesday. They it knew is. we were here. They knew. They knew. Uh, they they knew we're packing Chuck yeah. Bucks for the last time. Oh, yeah. Unexpected Chuck yeah. Bucks. Yeah. I thought our hey. Chuck Bucks days were over until opening day. Little did way, I know. They knew we were here, but we didn't know we were here until this <laughs> early. Yeah, days. that's true. Yeah, but but we're very grateful to be yeah. here because we love pickles. We love, we it. love the food. We love Food's the cold excellent. game beer. day chicken sandwich. Had some wings. You want to know what we don't love? The Ravens blowing games late. It's it ugly. happened with it's the not Dolphins. Good, Tim. It's not good. They blew a three-score game there. They blew a three-score game against the Bills. They have trailed 14 seconds on the season. Cray, cray. They have two losses on the season. And we'll start with the defensive side of the football. Jamison Hensley, who covers the Ravens for ESPN, he did a lot of heavy lifting here. But going through the schedule last year, guys, defensively, defensively, Raiders game, the defense collapsed. You go to the Vikings game, they collapsed, but yes. the offense ended up winning in an overtime. The Dolphins game, they had a Whoa. chance to make a stop. They did not make the stop. No stop touchdown. No, you got the Bears game. Where Tua Wink, with a bad hand. You got him. the Bears game where Wink put Westry on an island and got burned. They made a they stop against one, the Browns in a very ugly game in which Lamar Jackson had four interceptions. The Rams game, couldn't make a stop nope. late. The Steelers game, Big Ben ended up finding a way. In the second half this year, the Ravens have given up an NFL worst 1,019 yards. They have allowed That's a lot. They have allowed 67 points. It's not good. Ravens Bad. Ravens have been outscored 43 to nine. And Woo! we'll start with the defensive side of the football. The calling card back in the day was they wanted that situation. Bring it on. We know that the offense can't put up points so defensively you're gonna have to make they stops. wanted to be up and keep blitzing we're gonna blitz and, you even though we're up 21 Ed Reed with interceptions at the end maybe a Terrell Suggs with the strip sack Ray Lewis laying people out over the middle it hasn't happened here and who is their closer right now Marcus Peters you think of that Titans playoff game where he came up with an interception and then they're dancing all over the logo maybe but yeah. who is their closer is it a Marcus Williams Maybe. Marcus Peters. He, Marcus Williams does a, seems like that stuff happens earlier in game. Yeah. Thus far. But uh, you can, I'm not going to sit there and you're taking the turn. When a guy gets a takeover. <laughs> yeah, I mean, takeaway. Like, when he gets his pick. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I think he has closing potential. 2008 to 2021. Our guy, Ray Rice, who joins us every week at 5 o'clock on Wednesday. He was a part of this. 
Ravens running backs, running backs, led the NFL in that span with 6,378 yards in the fourth quarter, guys. Jeez. This year, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, Mike Davis, King Andrake, 45 yards in the fourth quarter. So they're not able to run teams in the submission, which we've seen under Lamar Jackson. Well, they're short yardage stakes. Yeah. And this was a team that could dominate time of possession, and they did against the Bills on Sunday and still lost. But there'd be so many times where you get the ball late and the opposing team doesn't touch it to even have a chance there, so you don't put the defense uh, in a bad spot. Then you look at Lamar Jackson. He's, he's not the closer. He's got to be the closer. He's not absolved from he's, playing. He's got to be the closer. I'm not a huge QBR guy. That's the ESPN stat. So, again, Jamison Hensley coming up with these. Well, not coming up, finding these numbers. Lamar's QBR, 24.3, ranks 28th in the league this season. Wowzers. In the fourth quarter. Puts him behind Mitch Trubisky. You Baker. never want to be behind Mr. Baker no. Mayfield and Mac Jones. Those guys aren't good. No. So Lamar Jackson not performing well. And in the fourth quarter, first four seasons, 63.3% completion uh, of his throws in the fourth quarter, 20 touchdowns, six picks. This year, 59.4% completion percentage, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. Well, doesn't that make your head go to, though, where we spent a good part of yesterday's show on? Well, they in the fourth quarter, you're going to take away Andrews. And if you can't run the – if your short yardage rushing game yeah. stinks. So third and one, fourth and one are not only not automatic, but you, you miss more than you get. And you have more volume in those plays than anybody else because your coach likes to go for and fourth, and you don't have that stuff. And the teams know the ball's going to Andrews. There's no one else we really have to worry about. Then isn't – like, I, I look at that more than I look at just Lamar. Well, I completely agree with you. The weapons are lacking. We talked about that ad nauseum yesterday, which you just said. But let's be fair here, Jason. He's tied for the league in touchdowns. I'm not passes. absolving him of the, blame. The passing yards have been there. So in crunch time, and I'm not saying this is all on Lamar Jackson, a humongous reason why they've only trailed 14 seconds this year is because of Lamar Jackson. The fourth quarter numbers are there. And then back to the defense. They aren't able to get off the field. Third downs in the fourth quarter, opposing quarterbacks have completed 9 of 12 passes. Forget this, 186 yards. 73 more yards than any other team. They've thrown four touchdowns to one interception, only one sack. Look at the defense from 08 through 2021. They had twice as many sacks with 54 as touchdown passes allowed with 27 on third downs in the fourth quarter. So it's a complete 180 from the norm that we've come to expect prior to 2021 because it just gave all those numbers. You can lump in the 13, 14-year sample size, which, of course, props up 21. But... It's a lot of those reasons. The running backs were terrible last year. Running backs haven't produced much. They've been better over these last two weeks. Yeah, but then Justice Hill gets hurt. Yes. Well, and the defense was terrible last year, and the defense has been terrible thus far. So they have nothing to hang their hat on late in games. I don't have my laptop set up here. I will will run these numbers tonight, but listening to you talk about the offense, I, I, I would be fascinated to see fourth quarter routes run. 
and who's second on this team behind Andrews in fourth quarter routes run. My suspicion is Devin Duvernay is probably further down that list than we would all like. I don't know. I'll find out. Because he, to me, has a clutch gene. Yeah. He, to me, looks like when things are – when they need a play and they need a play in the end zone, uh-huh. he's up for making it. I just still don't think the volume of routes is where it needs to be. And if that comes at the expense of some of the return duties, well, he got Prochet here. So, I mean, maybe maybe look into that. If that's what's holding them back from really making Duvernay the second slot guy to Andrews and really getting him out into significant routes, then let's alter the math to make it work. So, guys, it begs the question, can this team morph into a closer? We would hope that the defense, yes, we would hope, but I'm talking defensively. We would hope that this defense isn't going to be this dreadful over a 17-game season. I think you got to score. Look, you got to be able to score north of 28 to win most weeks, and that's why last week is a double kick in the nuts because they held him. Taren Bobber ambushed a pitch, first pitch. Yes, he did. First run homer, take the lead. Put it in the flag court. Hey, uh, we are here live at Pickles. That's why you hear the cheering behind us. Uh, Orioles, their finale. It's a doubleheader. They just took the See lead. See what happens when you let the kid play three yeah. days in a row? Just took the lead in the bottom of the eighth inning, 5-4. to four. They'll be the trying to close bump. it out. He, he did. He got the TMI bump. <laughs> hey, coming up next, League at Large. We're going to hear from Leslie Frazier's thoughts on his defense after their win in Baltimore. We'll hear from Sean McVay about his offense and also uh, already a big name in Thursday Night Football not playing. Get Jason's thoughts on that next here on The Fan. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on the fan. Inside access to the National Football League. All the way to the end zone for a touchdown. NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Ravens insider Ken Wyman. Joining us now, the former Hall of Fame coach Bill Cowher. Boomer Esiason, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. The league at large. Brought to you by Valor Home. If you're in need of a new roof, siding, or windows, get 50% off all roofing and siding materials. Buy two windows and get one free. Plus, make no payments until 2024. Call 833-83-VALOR or online at ValorHome.com. 1057 The Fan. Oh, extremely proud of our guys, man. The way that they showed that mental toughness that you have to have in this league. Looking to be able to go on the road and just battle, fight, uh, not let the circumstances, the adversity that, that happened early on, let that affect what they were trying to get accomplished overall. So, Extremely proud of the way they came out and just kept fighting and battling, being so resilient throughout that ball game. That is Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, who pitched another nice ball game against the Ravens' offense. Jason held them to no points in the second half. He has a great feel for mixing up um, his pass coverages and then sprinkling in more blitzes against Lamar Jackson than he blitzes any other quarterback in the league and. I think we had all forgotten about the nuance of that playoff game, right? Because the concussion and Lamar leaving and what were they rotating right tackles and what was that about, the weather. right? And the blown assignment that led to Lamar taking that hit and the weather and even Tucker couldn't make field goals. But they blitzed the hell out, they blitzed the hell out of Lamar Jackson yeah. and they had a lot of success with it. And um, it wasn't the best day in the world to throw the, the you know, to chuck the ball all over the yard here on Sunday either and that played some role but I, I you know I think Leslie Frazier has a really good handle on 
corralling this Ravens defense. He's three for three uh, corralling Lamar Jackson and the offense. He, Lamar has not had a good passing day versus that Bills defense yet, and he's taking away the big play. He's taking away Mark Andrews. Lamar only averaged five yards uh, an attempt, and as you said, can't shut him out in the second yeah. half at M&T Bank Stadium. You couldn't have asked for a better defensive day. And you could Bills. say some fluky things, but first play of the fourth quarter, Ravens at midfield. Lamar kind of sidearms a play-action throw, hits off like a helmet, and it yeah. gets intercepted. And then the worst-case scenario in the end zone, I think even Harbaugh has implied he wouldn't have hated an incomplete pass because the, the Bills would start at the two-yard line. But you compound the not getting the touchdown with the ball being intercepted. They get to bring it out to the 20. You go empty and both your tackles get whipped. That's yeah. probably There's probably going to be a bad outcome to that point. Recipe for Unfortunately, disaster. this was the worst case. Let's go from the Bills' defense to the Rams' offense, and Sean McVay talks about his offense. It's just kind of been a struggle overall. Um, there's been a lot of different things. Um, you know, being able to get receivers the ball is such a product in the, uh, of the offense as a whole. And um, we're at our best when everybody's getting involved. And um, you look at, uh, you know, the two games that we've been able to kind of stay on schedule. It's It's been getting different guys involved. And obviously Cooper's a huge part of it. But um, whether it be Allen or any of the other eligibles, the problem um, is those are things isn't. that we're continuing to work towards. And, you know, we got a lot of work to do. We still have a lot of time. But, uh you know, we've, got, we've got to be better for sure. Matthew Stafford not looking good so far this year. No. Uh, he is. He's throwing a lot to Cooper Cup. That's all they and got. Then, and then he's throwing a lot to the kid that looks like Cooper Cup, that wears 18. But Allen Robinson, who the advanced metrics say he's open. He's got two and a, two and uh, over two yards of uh, room between yeah. him and the corner routes. He's not well, even looking at Allen Clearly he don't have the trust of the quarterback, yeah. and they can't get the run game going. And that offensive line looks like a real problem. Yeah. And it's not just... You know, the fact that Whitworth retired, you know, their left tackle. It goes deeper than that. Um, they're they're getting out physical. Um, and it's quietly been a quiet season by Aaron Donaldstage. So if he's not having a generational season, right, and Ramsey's not having a generational season, uh-huh. like it's a star culture. Like if their stars are not way better than your stars, there's a decent chance your depth is better than their depth. Um, and that's where I want to get to. There has to be a time where this catches up to them, where I get it, F them picks, and they do all these trades. Well, they don't have a first-round pick next year. When they haven't had a first-round selection mm-hmm. since Jared Goff, that's an issue. And, look, it's all great because it worked out for them, sure. but they were a final drive away from Joe Burrow to losing that Super Bowl where maybe we look at this Rams philosophy differently. Or if the Bengals get a stop. They remember Bengals were winning. I would say this. I, I don't think they I think they all realize, including most importantly, owner Stan Kroenke, the only way to fix anything there spend. is to throw money yes, at it. And the trade deadline's about a month away. And you know what? Do the Houston Texans who I mean I don't know what the hell they are, do they just say, hey, you want our left tackle? You want him? He, I mean, they'll be a year older next year. You know, what do you? you he's making twenty million. Oh, Stan, you got ten for half a year. Yeah, like, sure. I, I mean, that may that may be like. Would that shock you? No. And you don't think he's? We, he told us when we had McVeigh on yeah. in the summer. They're getting Odell. Like, I don't think they're losing a bidding war for Odell Beckham. So unless he, Odell thinks he can win somewhere else and he can't win there. Yeah. Possibly, but yeah. money talks. Yes. 
but like if like if Green Bay's offer is similar, well, what you know, if Team A is a contender right. and similar, I, I think Odell wants a ring. I guess I'm just saying I don't think that owner's done spending. Sure, that. I agree. Well, it, if it's Laramie Tunsil, if it's Odell Beckham, it's whoever. No, I, I, I'm completely with you. When they they need Van Jefferson back too, not having the deep guy is a big problem for them. When you don't have to respect the speed. That offense can constrict pretty quickly. But what's going on? You mentioned the trust. Like, how did Matthew Stafford and Allen Robinson not work on this? And I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't no, know. But, 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 I mean, he's, he's, not, he's, he's open. not seeing the ball. He's open. According to the advanced metrics, he's open. So what, what the hell are they doing? Hey, one note from tomorrow night's game, Colts and Broncos. Jonathan Taylor already declared out of that football game. I said during my uh, six-pack yesterday, I think Frank Reich's the first head coach getting fired. He now doesn't have his running back. Well, they they weren't running the ball well with him. Yeah. And the offensive line is not what they thought it was and what it has been. Um, the defense has done a really good job since that first half of that Jacksonville game. Um, but Leonard, you know, I guess he's probably out again, right? He just suffered. Uh, right? He got a concussion on Sunday, yes. didn't he? So, I mean, there's no way, I mean, no way he's playing. He's not playing. Um, this is going to be a, a tough little task for them. I like the under. I think this is going to be an ugly football game. By the way, I just want to mention one, two, three, ninth inning for Brian Baker. Looked real good. Struck out the first two guys, including Vlad Guerrero Jr. Orioles win game one, five to four. That means they have eighty-three wins now. They'll go for the Let's sweep. Go for eighty-four in a half an hour. Orioles with the. You Terran would think Favre. this is a Toronto spring training yeah, 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 yeah. grapefruit league lineup here, it's right? Wor- that means nothing to them. Yeah. Uh, Orioles going for the sweep in about a half an hour, but Taron Vavra's three-run homer in the bottom of the eighth gets them the win. Five to four. Coming up next here on the show, we've endured the rebuild. T-Bone reminded me earlier, the hardest part about a rebuild is leaving, living through said rebuild. Well, our six-pack coming up next, the six worst position players we had to endure during that rebuild. We'll give you ours next here on The Fan. Inside Access with Jason and Ken. It's Jason and Ken's Six Pack. Presented by Weathermaster Windows. Get top-rated windows with a lifetime guarantee for under $215. Visit WMWindow.com and get an estimate in 60 minutes or less. Inside access to what the boys are drinking. <laughs> I mean, thinking. 1057 Fan. Our six-pack today is now that we're on the other side. The rebuild. Oh, it was rough. The six worst position players that we had to endure Number during the rebuild. Six. Whoa, thank you. Stone, little, he can't wait. Stone <laughs> is very fired up for this six pack. 100%. Can yeah, we get 100%? Yeah, 100%. Stop. 100%. Uh, there six, we go. six for me is Domingo Leba. Mostly because I just want to say Domingo Leba. Oh, but he played. Yeah. He I was remember a, him. He was a middle infielder that couldn't hit and wasn't really that good a fielder. Uh, but he hit like 400 at Norfolk. I remember they claimed him off yeah. waivers and he was like destroyed Norfolk. Yeah, he was he was a bum uh, and one of those many guys that they came. Uh, he played in 2021 and he was awful. I'm going with a deep cut at six. Now, you got to follow my logic here. Yolmer Sanchez. Ooh. They claim him off waivers October 30th. 2020 we're thinking we're, we're thinking oh, is he gonna White be Sox is he gonna like he's won a gold glove is he gonna be the shortstop Never is he played. gonna be the second base march 30th he's gone he barely lasted through spring training and that team was dog crap yeah. so if yomer sanchez couldn't make it to april 1st with that outfit he must be a pretty bad oriole 
bad. Number five. Uh, th- this guy played a little more than Yomar Sanchez, but not much. Yusniel Diaz. I mean, Maron, the key piece in the Manny Machado What's trade. he got, a one at bat? He got, we got a one at bat in Toronto during the COVID series, right? When they didn't have uh, Aiken and they didn't have Santander. And look, he they're loaded with outfielders now. He's not going to be back for a third year in AAA. What a complete washout. The guy could not stay healthy. Um, he, he never really hit above AA. He barely played above AA. He's on the roster, just constantly hurt. Um, this is a guy who homered twice in a Futures game and was one of the Dodgers' better prospects. Yeah. And the kid, the, the jewel of the Manny Machado trick. Yeah, I did a 20-game minimum for my list. So guys, uh, I had no minimum, uh, yeah. obviously. Yomer, uh, Yomer couldn't make the team. Yeah. My five was Keon Broxton, who they brought in. I thought about and, him. And he homered. I think he homered his first game as an Oriole. Yeah, they got uh, him from the Rockies on yeah. waivers. And then he hit like a bomb 430 yeah, or something yeah. to dead center field. He destroyed a ball. Ended up batting 204 with four homers and nine RBIs. After that, that quick start, he was absolutely brutal. He did not make it through the season. He's my five. Number four. Guys, this one hurt my heart. Uh, my four is Jemai Jones. I thought about it. Uh, and, I thought long and hard. He was a favorite of mine. Yes. Uh, we went to see him play in Aberdeen. He was on a rehab yeah. assignment. Great kid. Gave his gave his hat to Mateo. Yes. Uh, he couldn't hit. He couldn't field. And then he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. And now he's no longer here. Uh, Jemai Jones is my four. And they, what? They basically, that was Cobb, right? Yes. They ate Cobb's yeah, salary to get, get him. him. Yeah. They, they got a better prospect. He was he was my number seven. Um my four, Chance Cisco. Ah. Dude, Chance Cisco's Oriole career, 118 games, 654 plate appearances. His slash line, so that's a pretty decent sample size. Yeah. His slash line, 199, 319, 337. I mean, we're talking like a 660 yeah. OPS, and he couldn't catch a throw. No. And we saw a lot of them. Yep. That one season wouldn't have been just 60 games. We'd have seen even more. Little high. It was bad. Bad. Number three. Three for me. I didn't feel like I could put both these guys on my list, but boy, they were they 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 to me were one and the same. They could not catch pop ups. They had no instincts in the corner outfield spot whatsoever. But one of them was way worse than the other. That's why I'm going Dwight Smith Jr. You want to hear something <laughs> you crazy? You want to hear? I did. You want to hear something? Cr- I, I hated his game. I didn't hate him as a person. person. Uh, I hated yeah, his game. Sammy like Sammy Watkins, yeah. yes. No, it's not like Sammy Watkins oh, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, we don't have time for it, but it's not. So they get Dwight Smith Jr. off waivers from Toronto. He looked like he might be toolsy. He, he wasn't. Uh, 420 at-bats, gentlemen, 101 strikeouts. He hit 238. He got on base 298, 405 slugging percentage. His OPS for his Orioles career was 85, 100 is league average, and he was an absolute butcher in the outfield. Do you know that DJ Stewart's career Orioles OPS plus is 97? Really? Did not know that. His career OPS plus as an Oriole is 97. Well, he had that one week where he was just mad. But, I mean, he was here for four years, one week. Well, no, no, yeah. I'm saying his Oriole career OPS plus 97. You're just throwing DJ Stewart into your Dwight Smith. 
Well, I, I yeah. didn't think they both. I thought they were too similar to put them both in. I thought so. About I DJ went. Stewart. I went Dwight Smith over it. DJ. St I thought for sure DJ Stewart would be no, on your list. He didn't make my list. Did you think about it? I did. Oh, I said I thought about DJ Stewart. Yeah. He, he was probably seven. I'm shocked he didn't make your list. You hated him. Your four is my three. Chance Sisko. The yeah. all-hit catcher that couldn't hit. <laughs> like, like he couldn't catch at all. No. He didn't want him behind the plate, but his bat was going to carry him, and his bat stunk. So, and, and, and as Jason pointed out at four, we endured a lot of JJ, of, uh, of uh, Chance Sisko. Like, way too much Chance Sisko. Number two. My two is in its recency bias, but Chris Owings is my two. Like, we had the fact that he kept going. He had he batted 107 with no homers and no RBI, but they kept running him out there. Like, we had conversations this May. When is Chris Owings yeah. getting released? But like, it was like a daily thing that Chris Owings, and then he'd be playing. It was like almost a daily thing. I think well, he could I, kind of field, though. Dwight Smith couldn't well, hit or field. I, I remember, Jason, you were irate at some point saying, aren't we done with these guys that you're just trotting yeah. out bums? And yeah. Chris Owings was kind Chris of the Owings last of I considered that guy. him. I Owings considered was him. the last of them. I considered him. My number two is an homage to everybody's favorite broadcaster, Cakes. Pedro Severino. I knew he was going to make your in list. In 2019, he had a 95 OPS plus, and there was nobody, nobody talking more about Pedro Severino than me. I, this was back when I did the podcast with, with Coleman. Um, I also predicted on that podcast that they would claim Pedro Severino off waivers from Washington, and I was correct. Oh. I wanted this to work. By 2020, I was ready to strangle him. He went from the, the good-natured dude who was – like sort of like making all these gestures behind yeah. the plate and and keeping th keeping things light and showing energy and throwing the ball Throw all behind. over the place accurately yeah. to a guy who just he didn't care wasn't even trying to, to block pitches wasn't even giving an effort and they kept running him out there and running him out and he would hit for two weeks and then go away for two months my god and he blew a freaking perfect game he blew a perfect game and Cakes will never let him forget about it, nor will I, Pedro Severino. If not for the guy who everybody has to have number one, you'd have been number one. Number one. Chris Davis. Yes. Yeah. And that was no. He, yeah, that was it. There I, was I, no. I mean, he was the worst historical, yeah. everyday starting baseball player like in the history of baseball in for nine, a long period. In 19, he batted 179 with 12 homers and 36 RBIs. In 20, he played in 11 games, batted 115 with no homers and one RBI, and then he was done. Like, I don't care if he was making $2 million a year. Oh, he'd still be number one on yes. this list. Oh, then you factor in the contract I, and all that. I'll tell you a secret. I, I, I put my one to six, wrote Chris Davis in one, and then figured the rest out. Yeah, like, I did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like that was an absolute. Immediately I wrote Davis, Severino, Dwight Smith Jr., <laughs> and then it was a process. So I'm partial to Ken, and I give him the nod. I, I feel like they had to play a little bit. Like, that you really had to endure it. You well, still and Yomo Sanchez. I don't know. How bad is Yomo Sanchez couldn't make that team? Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm they thinking, claimed him thinking he'd be the everyday second well, baseman. Well, then I'm, I don't want to give away your pitcher list, but I think King Felix yeah, will end up yeah. making it. I haven't really thought about <laughs> yeah, it yet. But. but Ken with the deep cuts with Domingo Leyva and Keon Broxton. Like, oh, I, yeah, thought about, I, I thought that. about Broxton. I remember those guys. I remember I found on don't Twitter. Don't you think Severino's got to be in? Oh, Did Severino. Did you find yourself Yes. Like he, I thought about it. He well, appalled I, I me. You, this game appalled me. You, at the end. you pointed it out, and rightfully so. Like that year in nineteen, he's he's got the big smile on him all the time. I'll, he's he's my fun. favorite Oriole. He's throwing behind runners constantly. Uh, he's really uh, dapping up pitchers and everything. But I, I like Ken's list. I, I, I also say, as soon as I looked, I was like, ah, Severino, and I was like, 
Jason's got to have him on his list. I'll let him get tee off on yeah. Pedro Severino. Yeah. It, I, like, I yeah. wish I could have made him one. Yeah. But Dwight Smith. I, he who, was a horrible, no, horrible watch. Who, who are you putting, Dwight Smith or Pedro, more that you dislike? I mean, you got Pedro above him, but yeah, I almost no, feel like. Pe- Pedro. I almost feel like you had more disdain he did. for Dwight Smith. Dwight Smith was the Sammy yeah. Watkins. Yeah. Well, I think wasn't, you initially wasn't he, like he was kind of taken up. If I recall correctly, didn't they finally kick him to the curb from Mountcastle? I feel like was that who, was that the corresponding Smith? transaction? I Smith? feel like might have been. I feel like that was when I we were like, "Where is remember. Mountcastle? Where is yeah. Mountcastle? Where is Mountcastle?" Well, we we've done that with a number of players, yeah. and now we're doing "Where is Grayson?" Yeah, but alas, twenty twenty three. Hey, Orioles uh, are just one game, one of the doubleheader, five four, Taron Vavra. Three-run homer with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. Gave him the lead. Brian Baker, three th- three up, three down for the save. And remember, he's got the thing with the Blue Jays. So yeah, he just yeah. shoved it up uh, there, you know what. It struck out Vlad Guerrero. Struck out the first two. Then got a pop-out for the save. They play game two coming up in about, I would say, 15 minutes. Uh, game two of that game. Hey, coming up next, let's hear from Mike Elias. He spoke to the media earlier today. And we'll hear from him next on The Fan. Inside Access with Jason Ken. Your front row seat to all Baltimore sports. Inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. 1057 The Fan. You've got these other four teams that make great moves every winter, that have huge resources, that also have good farm systems. It's scary. Um, so. We're just going to continue to keep making good decisions and trying to do the right thing for the organization. And hopefully, organically, we have another step forward next year. And I hope that means playing next week, next year. It's Mike Elias, general manager of the Baltimore Orioles, talking before the games today at the end-of-year presser they had before the doubleheader today and talking about uh, the daunting task of keeping pace in this AL East, Jason, which is arguably the best division in baseball. I mean, year in, year out, right? You, you make that case. And I love the fact that Mike Elias has reached a point where he is – because he has been a, nothing but a straight shooter the whole time he's been here. He has now reached a point where he's willing to no longer manage the expectations on what fans and the media should ask of them from a result standpoint and from a asset allocation slash payroll standpoint. He is taking all that on. He is making it abundantly clear that he is going to be – incredibly aggressive exploring free agency and trades to add to the major league roster t-bone in such a substantial manner that he believes despite the inequalities of baseball's economic system they can should and will compete with the bronx and toronto and tampa st pete i but i think that's a bs thing to begin with and you hear that from the fans or some pundits they won the most games in the American League this past decade, 2012 through 2016. Why the hell can't they do it again? And people say, oh, you know, the Angeloses won't spend. Adley Rutschman's going to leave. Their payroll at its peak during that stretch was around $150 million. Yeah. It was $32 million this year. They have a lot of money to play with. Why would I not believe that they can get back to that point? And during the winter meetings, you're going to hear the rumblings. And... Six of their top 11 prospects, according to MLB Pipeline, are in the majors or at AAA. Of course, D.L. Hall and Gunnar Henderson are the two guys in the majors. It's go time. It's liftoff. And 
Elias, that's not just talk. He's going to, you know, put those words into action during the hot stove season. Elias continued uh, talking about uh, the the off season and what's going and the season that they just had. He said he's happy with the season as a whole, but it's still a ton of work to do. Looking at the entire organization, I, I think that uh, we're very pleased with uh, everything that happened up and down the organization this year. First and foremost, uh, the, the, the way that this team played and competed at the major league level is something that uh, I think rightfully our players and coaches deserve a lot of credit for. Um, you know, we're not where we want to be or need to be in our division. Um, it's very daunting looking at these other four, not only teams, but organizations in our division and picturing having to, to beat them to make it to the playoffs next year. But that's our goal. And uh, we feel that uh, the organization is in a position now to realistically pursue that goal for next year. And so that's going to be um, my focus this offseason. Guys, he, he we, we heard that cut in the open. That's a kind of the money cut, and he knows the the job ahead of him. But, hey, he's ready for it. And, and as T- T-Bone just said earlier, it's liftoff time. Yeah, and I look, I don't know what more, like what standard you would hold Mike Elias to to not be willing to give him a buy-in that he knows what he's doing and that we're in good hands, this hot stove league. You know what I mean? Like you look at what they have done like okay we're going to be players internationally well now i have international players in their top 20 prospects they're still so young that they haven't played you know full season organizational ball yet but they will next year he's got the number one uh pipeline in baseball that is so loaded that he's coming right out and saying they all can't play here we don't have room for them all um their player development has been outstanding whether it's from waiver claims or someone like gigante who has was a waiver claim five years ago who who who, you know has become um their closer uh he's made shrewd trades and he's done it all balling on a budget and with one hand tied behind his back because they didn't even have a real dominican academy they didn't really have any international uh head roads they barely had international scouts They, They they barely had an international department they had no analytics department when he got here. Now they would have to have one of the best because how do they keep turning other people's trash into their treasure? Like, if you're not all in and fired up and super excited to see what this cat does at the winter meetings, then I, I don't know what I don't know what you're drinking. No, if if you aren't all aboard this Mike Elias, stand with Elias, walk with Elias, whatever the hell the WWE thing is, you never will walk with Elias. Well, they with got, Eli- but he, I, I they got like three of them now. I don't yeah, either. I, never I watch a little bit of Rocco. So There's like he, and now like the dude is pretending he's three people. It's actually a pretty good bit. I yeah. like it. The Elias I, guy. I, I, There's like there's multiple Eliases now. Like his brother and. But you never see him and his brother. It's clearly I, just one guy. You yeah. see, I, I never. I have no idea. I just saw it. It's pretty fun. I played the video games though. They were fun, but. This team, like Elias said, it's not a finished product. We know that they need a couple bats. We know that they need some starting pitching. We know how vol- uh, volatile the bullpen can be. Yes. Are all of these guys going to have these type of years next year after being waiver claims? Probably not. So they need to add there, but they have the resources in order to add. Are they going to patch all of these holes in one offseason? Probably not, but this team's going to be a lot better next year. Mike Elias now highlights that farm system. As far as the rest of the organization goes, minor league accolades kind of speak for themselves, but I uh, would, from an internal assessment, assessment, 
echo our belief in the strength of our minor league system. Um, you know, we had a, a number one overall pick make a very successful, very impressive debut this year. Uh, we had the number one prospect in baseball come up and make a successful major league debut. And our top 10 prospects list is as deep as I've ever been around in, in my career. So we're very excited about that. We're going to keep it going. It's impressive, Jason, when you hear that kind of depth in the organization. And again, he's not just blowing smoke. Well, and look, they've also followed a plan so that if you if we want to throw darts at their system, and you and you certainly can, and it is far from infallible, well, where are the pitchers? Well, but he's also signaling we're taking some of these bats and turning them into a legitimate arm, whether that's Corbin Burns or whether that's Pablo Lopez or, or whatever. He was laying those seeds at the trade deadline, and they're going to do something like that. It's just a matter of... Of which one. So they, they understand what they need. Like when I talk to him in a little bit, I don't know how forthcoming he'll be about, you know, one more thumper bat, one more proven on-base percentage bat. Um, but certainly, if you've listened to him talk since the deadline, he's not pretending that their system is loaded with potential starters. But I will say... Cal Bradish looks pretty promising, yeah. and, they, and that was one of the arms they plucked away from the Angels. Yep. And it's not like there's no kids in the minor league system from a pitching standpoint who have a chance to be starters besides Grayson and DL. Um, and I, I again, am, am really enthused to see what a kid like Seth Johnson, who they got for Mancini, looks like six months from now when he's, you know, nine months or removed from his his Tommy John and, and what that looks like on the other side because they found some special sauce pitching-wise. There's, there's that's That seems pretty obvious to me. Uh, the Orioles' final lineup for uh, game 162 is out, and it looks like a lot of guys that you know are getting days off. Uh, they're getting the game Well, off. afternoon yeah, off. They afternoon. played already. Yeah, Taron Vavra leads off in left field. Anthony Santander, the DH, batting second. Jesus Aguilar, first base, batting third. Kyle Stowers in right field, batting fourth. Ryan McKenna, he's batting fifth in center field. Rugnet Odor batting sixth. At second base, Tyler Nevin is at third base, batting seventh. Jorge Mateo at shortstep, batting eighth. And Robinson Chirinos catching, batting ninth. So Adley's tremendous rookie season is over, save for a pinch hit situation. Um, Gunnar Henderson looks like uh, likewise. Uh, Tony Taters can chase number 35. I, I'm, I'm down with that. Um, it also looked like Adley might have got hit in the hand while he was catching late in that game. Yeah. So no reason to, to take any chances and him. You know, I thought maybe he'd DH, but I, I like them letting Tony taste, chase 35. And we'll see Spencer Watkins, what that leads to, um, you know, because I don't think you're getting more than three or maybe four innings out of him. Uh, coming up next here on the program, we are live at Pickles. Jason's going to be heading back soon to go uh, over there. He's going to be talking to General Manager Mike Elias, among others. But we'll get back into the Ravens and reset our card topic of du jour, which is Ronnie Stanley. It's got to be go time now, isn't it? We'll update you on who practiced today and what's going on at left tackle. That's next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t